The Dating Counselor Podcast Season 5 is brought to you by Bonded. Bonded is Utah's first permanent jeweler. It was created by two childhood best friends that wanted an exciting bonding experience, you know, like getting a friendship tattoo, but, you know, with less commitment. When they couldn't find a bonding experience like that, they created one, and they created it with permanent jewelry. Permanent jewelry is unique because it doesn't have a clasp, and it's custom fit to you. So it's bonded onto you with a spark or with a flame. I really love the beautiful jewelry that they offer. You can do chain jewelry, and they released recently their own exclusive bonded bangles. All of their jewelry is 14 karat gold or sterling silver, and it can be worn every day. I'm always talking with you guys about connection and bonded jewelry, I feel like is this really unique way to remind yourself of someone special that you're then bonded to, or maybe a significant life event or even a commitment that you've made. I really know that you're going to love bonded jewelry as much as you love the meaning behind it. Learn more about them on Instagram at bonded bracelets or head over to bondedbracelets.com to schedule your bonding experience. Welcome to Jill's Most Excellent Dating Adventure, Episode 2. We are here to find out where Jill is since she left off with her first date, and it sounded like it was going well, so let's pick up where we left off. What happened after that first date? Uh, What happened on her subsequent dates? Did she like anybody else? Did um, things continue to progress with her first date? So have you ever found yourself in a situation where you feel really uncertain about what's going to happen and how things are going to go moving forward when it comes to dating? Uh, you like them, you're interested, you want to keep things going, but you're just really undecided. You're unsure. You're not sure what's going to happen. Well, tune into today's episode because we're going to talk more about Jill's journey and you're going to learn more about what happens as she goes on this excellent dating adventure. Uh, you're going to hear who she goes out with, this, you know, some of her reactions to the dates and what she learns about herself along the way. And we're going to see if she's able to get some more information and make a decision. Decision making and dating, forget it. It's so hard. So join in today because you're not going to want to miss as you figure out what, where Jill's journey takes her. My dear community, I now present to you Jill's most excellent dating adventure, episode two. talk about two different men in this episode and for anonymity's sake and making sure that their uh, confidentiality is maintained as much as possible we will call one bill and we will call one ted as in reference to bill and ted's most excellent adventure and in reference to jill's most excellent dating adventure so hopefully this will help you figure out a little bit about who we're talking about meet ted and meet bill Jill presented as one of those clients that I really, really want to work with and coach because she is this successful professional woman and she's created this beautiful life for herself, but she hasn't really made room for dating. And the side effect of that is that it's really lowered her self-esteem and she hasn't really been out on dates enough to know that she is attractive and that she has something to offer and that people would potentially want to partner with her. And so she kind of blames the dating scene. You know, maybe it's I hate men or my work makes me too busy or, you know, there's just, 
I have to improve this or this or this about myself before I can date. I see those types of situations all the time. And as those kind of clients present themselves to me, it's my opportunity to then take an assessment and just teach them how to build very slowly. So you're going to hear in this, uh, she's going to talk a little bit about like, I could take them from stranger to acquaintance. What that means is that you don't have to look at a first date as a forever potential. You can look at them as just somebody that you don't know and see if you want to share your name and a little bit of information and time with them. See if you've got anything in common. When this is shared with her, what happens is that she suddenly is disarmed and she doesn't necessarily fear the first date anymore because she's not putting that pressure on herself to say like, is this my person? Do I have to show up like this is going to be that first date that I remember forever and I talk about forever? No, she's just saying like, I'm going to go out and I'm going to show on dates, up on dates and I'm going to present um, myself as somebody that they might want to get to know and hopefully that they want to get to know me and we'll kind of see what happens. And it puts her in this discovery mindset, which is awesome. Totally one of my favorite things. So Jill has just gone on this amazing first date. It went really well. She felt like she was interested and attracted. And she's like, I want to go out on a second date with him. And she finds out really quickly that life is already going to get in the way. And she's like, okay, what am I going to do? Because I do want to go out with him again. So let's listen in to what she says as her reaction as she's getting ready for their second date. Week leading up to that second date was a very busy, very energy fulfilling week for me. So I was just basically drained. So I just offered to do hot chocolate as just like a second date, easy to chat, have a conversation. He's so great. He was willing to like go with the flow with the hot chocolate, but then he's also like, do you want to just watch some TV so then we can at least still spend more time together? And I was like, sure. Sounds great. Cause you don't really need a lot of energy to watch TV. Right. And we had just a little minimal conversation. And, you know, I actually texted you after and I was like, I felt really stiff, but it's just my anxious attachment thing going like I'm overthinking things and whatnot. That was a nice date. We cuddled a little bit, you know, you got to when you watch TV, right? It was nice. He's just so considerate. He's always asking like, is this okay? Are you comfortable? Just very aware of the situation. And I just really appreciate that. And I haven't had that before, so it was a little freaking me out, too, because he's just so good at communication that it's freaking me out. So before you know it, their second date turns into a third date. Let's hear what she says. He's really good at coming up with, like, date ideas, which is very fun for me um, because I already produce for a living and producing dates <laughs> just a little extra, which is fine. But you're basically just producing somebody else's life, so then you have to produce yours, but it's all good. So we did a little paint night, which was super fun, good conversation. And then when we were painting, he was like, do you think we, I could kiss you tonight? And I was like, hmm, maybe. <laughs> and when we were watching TV, he was just like, no pressure, no pressure. And I was like, I think there's ulterior motives here, sir. But no, but this dude is really good at saying that. He's like, I'm attracted to you. You're so beautiful. And I was like, I can't handle this. This is too much. <laughs> no, I just like haven't heard it before really from guys. So I'm just like panicking a little bit with an eye twitch, <laughs> but it's like a good panic. <laughs> so you notice as she's talking that she's a little bit giddy. She's a little bit thrown off, but he's also saying like, are you comfortable? And this is my intention. And this is where I'm going. He's very comfortable being clear about what he's 
um, wanting to do and that what he, that he's interested and attracted to her. This is a really secure approach to dating because it's giving her the opportunity to anticipate what would it be like if I kissed him? What would it be like to be liked by him? And it puts her in a space where she can receive rather than uh, wonder if he is attracted to her and they can keep moving things forward. You can also hear in her voice just the little giddiness that that creates inside of her. Um, we all want to feel loved and wanted and attracted. And so he's really building upon the principles of anticipation and creating opportunities to get to know her and um, continue to, to, you know, have good conversation and then also initiate some physical touch. So kind of adorable. I really like what's happening here. Let's keep learning what she does. As Jill's continuing to get to know Ted, she's finding out that he continues to be kind, he continues to be nice, and she continues to have some reactions. When her coworkers are asking her how it's going, she is giving them this feedback. You gotta hear it, it's so freaking funny. Like this jerk, what is his deal? Why is he so nice? Why is he so good at communicating? This is, this is not, what is this? <laughs> she's over here she's kind of doing some deflecting um this is a way a defense mechanism that she does to kind of protect her heart she's calling him a jerk but really what she's saying is like i'm expecting him to be a jerk i'm kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop and as i'm waiting for the other shoe to drop what i'm noticing is that it's not and it's making me feel again like i'm uneasy i'm on ground that is not sure footing for me so i don't really know how to react and behave uh, so this is the energies that she goes with leading into their fourth date what happens is that ted has decided to invite her to the byu football game and happens to mention that his parents are going to be there this creates a lot of anxiety in jill because she's not exactly sure what that means but i love it i'm totally here for it because you got to work through that anxiety and you got to figure out what it means and you got to be able to show up and ask hard questions. And I think what it meant is my parents are at the game too. You know, I'm comfortable with them knowing what's going on in my life. Come meet the girl that I've been going on dates with. Well, what had happened is that Jill did a chemical pill on her skin earlier that week. And if you've ever done a chemical pill, what happens is that your skin kind of sheds like a little bit of a reptile and you can't really pull it off because part of the shedding process is to let it kind of fall off on its own. It's glamorous. It's something that we do to help our skin maintain the glow and do that it is because she's just got beautiful skin. And so as she's at the game, what's happened is that this peel is starting to come off and she's embarrassed and she's let him know. And I love his response. I think he just really shows up secure and he's like, doesn't bother me. I still think you're a babe. But she kind of starts getting in her head. So let's listen in. He took a picture of us at the game and he's like, do you mind if I post it? And I was like, no. So he posted it to his stories. Uh, his buddy called him. I was like, I want to talk to this lady. <laughs> so I chatted with him for like maybe a minute, maybe two minutes. Um, and the guy was just like, you don't know how lucky you are. This is the legend. And I'm just like, okay, like tell me more. Um, so it was kind of funny, but it was nice to meet again because it had been a week. Um, but the thing that's weirding me out a little bit, but it shouldn't because I'm also doing the same thing, is yesterday, after the posting, after inviting me to go to a game where his parents were, so I was like intentionally trying to meet the family, and then he also was like, do you want to come with me to my friend's birthday 
dinner thing. I just made a bunch of us there. And I was already peeling, so I was like, you know what? I think I've had enough fun today. I feel really bad, but I don't want to be around people with this shindig going on. Yesterday, while we were messaging back and forth, he's like, I just want to like be in honesty. I am still, I'm still dating other people. And so I'm like, then why are you posting me on your stories? Anyway, overthinking. I know it. So you notice how quickly she does, she stops her process with that. Um, he's introduced what she feels like is some insecurity, even though she is matching him in that she's also going out with other people. Now, I haven't actually talked with Ted. I don't know why he did this, but my suspicion is that he was trying to help her to see that he wasn't trying to love bomb her, that he wasn't trying to come all in and um, make sure that she was exclusively his and try to control her he wanted to make sure that she felt comfortable and that she was choosing into this relationship at her own pace and so he's honest with her and says just you know i'm going out with other people but what happened is that the anticipation that that jill was building for this exclusive relationship that could happen and that he had singled her out and that she was special to him it got deflated what happened in her mind was that she didn't feel as special and she started to wonder and to worry, well, what is he doing with other women? And, you know, what is happening for me um, could be happening for other people. And so it put her guard back up and it made her to kind of disengage a little bit more. Uh, she shut that down pretty quickly, as you can hear, because she didn't really want to get into the space of feeling insecure uh, and overthink. She noticed she was doing it, but she wanted to stop. That's so relatable. This moment right here where the question needs to be, oh, okay, so do you still want to keep dating me? And they can give the affirmative or say no. Yes, I do. Or no, I don't. And you can kind of get back into that secure footing. Um, or you can say, you know, oh, I, I didn't realize that. Or how does it make you feel that I'm going out with other people? You know, this is that moment where it's kind of that predetermined the relationship. And it's really scary to say what you're thinking and feeling. But instead, she kind of has this reaction where she's just feeling deflated and she starts overthinking and she just kind of shuts it down. She lets him do what he's going to do. She kind of, you know, puts her response inside of her heart and he is like, okay, well, I, you know, I know I still want to go out with you. And she starts just feeling insecure and not really knowing what foot to put forward next. So in our coaching, um, what we worked on is just saying like, hey, this is that moment where you can say, this is how I'm feeling and this is what's on my mind. And I you know, want to kind of open up the conversation to what's on your mind and really just clarifying intentions of, do you still want to keep getting to know each other? Not, do you want to be boyfriend, girlfriend? Not, do you want to stop dating other people? But do you still want to keep seeing each other? And uh, spoiler alert, she doesn't do it. She doesn't do it. She feels nervous. And to be perfectly honest with you, it corresponded with the Thanksgiving holiday. It also corresponded with quite a busy work schedule for her. And sometimes work schedules uh, really don't give us the time that we need to sit and think and process about our relationship. And we can kind of overindulge in some of that time away because we think, well, we don't have to. Um, it's not in front of me. And so I don't have to deal with it. No one's told me there's a problem. So there isn't a problem. So my coaching with her was identifying that there is a problem. And this is something that you really need to address. And let's, let's tell you what happened.
dating is so much more about choice than it is about being compelled by this overwhelming amount of feelings. In fact, I feel like sometimes our feelings are the things that make us avoid because we like someone, so we avoid hurt, or we don't like someone, so we avoid hurting them. And those emotional you know, responses are just our way of saying, like, I want to be a good human being, and I don't want to do the wrong thing for myself or other people. It's a really good, healthy response to have. But you have to remember in dating, it's like an imaginary informed consent is signed, where they're saying, like, I agree that if we go on a date that this could hurt. And you're saying, I agree that if that we go on a date, this could hurt. And then you're going to try really hard to use your words and to be kind, but then also articulate in the, I want to continue to get to know you, or I'm not interested in continuing to get to know you. Um, if you feel like you can say, yes, I want to continue and no, I don't, then you're going to feel more empowered to allow the dating process to happen because saying yes, when you mean yes, and no, when you mean no is part of the big problems. So you're dying to know what happened, like what's going on with Ted? How did things work out through the holidays? Like, are they giving each other the fade or are they not? We got to keep in mind, Jill's avoiding this conversation and yet she's still accepting other dates. And she's doing this as a way to kind of like deflect her energy from focusing on Ted and what's going on. So let's listen into her message to me as she's on her way to a first date with a new guy and she's processing this uh, missed opportunity to have a conversation with Ted. I'm on my way to a first date with the Grand America to just uh, check out the holiday window stroll that they do indoors. So that's kind of fun. Um, I just got home from Idaho for my grandma's funeral. So I feel like that wasn't my best decision making moment. Deciding to have like agreeing to a date tonight after going to a funeral today and being in the car for I don't even know how many hours now. Feeling good. Um, I had a fun conversation with my aunt, uncle, and cousin and her husband uh, at the luncheon today because they were told about my little dating experience by their sister slash daughter-in-law. Uh, asked me about it and I was just telling them about how we're approaching this for TV because they were like, it's a fun marketing tool. And I was like, well, we're not really like doing something dating related like I don't know not like bachelor related it's more like the psychology behind it and all that stuff that helped me like get back in the first date mindset that I had with our first session and before now I'm just like okay we're gonna go into this and see if he is a dude that I want to take from stranger to acquaintance so I'm really I feel like I gotta get this stuck into my brain every time because the last couple of guys I'm just like already no, like I already know there's nothing going on here, but I, I, I feel like I've been selling those guys short because there's been the dude who was seriously like I was on a date with my brother, which I don't want to do. And then there's the other two dudes who don't share the same religious beliefs as I do. So I feel like that was a little bit of a turnoff and just like a no-go from the beginning. Anywho, okay, back on track. Um, so we'll just take it moment by moment and we'll be fine and I'm feeling good. I've had a very long week and the anxiety was getting to me. Everyone was at work was asking me how things were and I honestly just responded on this roller coaster of questioning. Um, but I, I agree with you. I should have that conversation because when you said um, that distance you're feeling is 
distant the that you put that, just like, <laughs> Okay, yes, you are a wise one, Lonnie, thank you. Um, I really appreciate it. It's gonna help me out in the long run. I know it. Um, so I do need to have that conversation. I'm just scared of the outcome. That's honestly what it is, is I'm scared of the outcome. Um, I really, I do think I like him and I don't truly want to admit it because I'm just a dummy like that. He's an awesome dude, so kind, um, and his behaviors, I feel like they've been fairly consistent, at least in the texting mindset. Um, while he was gone for Thanksgiving, I asked him out because I felt like it was time for me to be like, initiate a date myself, you know, because he's been so good at that. Um, so I did that and we haven't made plans for any future dates, which like, I really wish he would, but I mean, I can do it again. That's totally fine too. It's then again, I hate this anxiety of mine for this dating stuff. Just really puts a cramp in my style. Um, so I would like to have a conversation with him. He's been very sweet about like my grandma dying too, always checking in on me. I will work on having that conversation if I could see him in person. Like honestly, I just want him to be like, hey, what are you doing tonight? And if I say nothing, be like, come over, let's hang out. Like I would just really very much appreciate that. Because honestly, right now, I could really just use a hug. <laughs> been a very long week and then my grandma dying on top of that I'm just emotionally exhausted and I just feel like I really need a good hug and I feel like he could give that to me but like the odds of me seeing him are very slim um, but I don't want to be the one putting distance between us so I will work on that but guess what here comes Bill Bill enters the scene. Let's hear about Bill. I actually liked that dude. He was fun to talk to. So I might be in trouble a little bit. I would be happy to go on a date with him again. And that hasn't really been the case with most of the dudes. So he was fun. And um, I'd be happy to have him be an acquaintance. <laughs>
she seems so surprised. Can't you tell? She's curious about what this could be like, and it just opens up another possibility. I love this for her because I want her to be able to have like lots of opportunities to date, but I'm not going to lie. In my head and in my heart, when this um, guy entered the scene, I was like, okay, so now Jill is in to more choices. More choices for her brings more anxiety. Um, I really liked the guy. I really thought he came in secure. I thought he came in with great conversation and just like super solid. And I was like, oh, Bill, what's going to happen here? And I, um, I really wasn't sure if Ted was going to stick around or if she was going to have a conversation with him and kind of see how things unfolded. And uh, next thing you know, Bill kissed her. Okay. I am messaging you from the uh, second date, BT Dubs. He just freaking kissed me. Okay, sorry. Um, I came out of nowhere. Okay, sorry. Freaking out a little bit about that. We're fine, though. It's fine. What just happened? Okay, sorry. <clears throat> Calm yourself. I did tell him about, like, the whole I'm doing, or this dating thing started because of my coworkers and how I have to talk about it on air. So at least he knows about that, right? That's good. When Bill comes in and he's presenting himself as a potential suitor, what he's doing is also showing her what it can be like to be with him. He's doing a great job of presenting um, beautiful dates and beautiful ways to get to know each other. Um, he cooks for her. Um, he, you know, accompanies her to one of her work parties. And he just does this really great job of creating space for her to know what it would be like to be with him or and continue to get to know him. And what happens is that Jill is faced with this analysis in her head of how do I feel about Bill and how do I feel about Ted? Because Ted's still texting. He's still around. They're still making time for each other here and there. Although what Jill really wants Ted to do is just make a lot of time for her. She really would like him to include her in his life and kind of make a declaration at this point of saying like, I'm into you. I like you and I would like to date you. And because it's the holidays, I don't know you know, if that had a factor into it or not, but he's spending a lot of time with family and caring for a family member. And so, you know, he's such a good guy, but he just, he just hasn't made a lot of time for her. And without that time spent together, uh, what Jill does is just say, well, I guess he's not that interested. And so I'm going to keep some walls up on my heart. Um, let's listen to her process some of that. confused right now. I don't, like, that could be normal, maybe, especially, like, I haven't seen him Saturday before Thanksgiving, so it had been over a week, and so I don't know, I, like, I feel like my walls got built up a little bit, just because the conversations we were having just through text weren't very exciting, but I like being around him. For our date, we went to the Glass Onion movie at the theater, I don't know, I feel like I'm overthinking things. I'm more self-aware when I'm out in public and kissing him. I don't know, it just kind of maybe freaks me out a little bit. But a part of me is just like, I don't know, I feel like I need confirmation from him that he's still interested. <laughs> um, but like we said, um, before Thanksgiving, like have a conversation about that. I didn't do that because I wanted to see 
how things went when we saw each other, you know? And I feel like things could be dying out, but I also probably think that's my anxiety kind of stuff and overthinking. Because um, we've still been texting nonstop. Um, You can hear in her voice how she's feeling anxious, how she's feeling confused, and how she wants to have had that conversation, but that she didn't because she just kind of wants to get more information. I get that. I respect her space for that. But what's happened is that the conversations feel less authentic, and they feel like they're more maintenance conversations versus building conversations, and that leads to more insecurity inside of her. And the more insecure she feels, the more distance she's willing to put out and put between. Um, but yet they're still texting. It's one of those uh, that those awkward spaces in early relationship building where you get to this like, I'm into you and I'm afraid you're not into me and I don't know what to do about it. Uh, what they do do, they keep showing up for each other. They keep kind of texting. But oh, guys, this coincides right with the holidays. What do you do? during the holidays when you're kind of in this new relationship that's not actually a boyfriend-girlfriend and you're not maybe thinking of bringing them around for the holidays and there's lots of family events and planning and things going on and the next thing you know trying to schedule time together just it's not happening um so what happens is this going to dwindle is ted just gonna like fade and you know the holidays happen and suddenly they just fade out and they start just not texting each other as much. And before you know it, a relationship that looked really, really good just fades away. We get really confused about how do I feel? And most of the time, how you feel is I need more information. The first date, I want you to be curious. I want you to be curious enough to say that went well, and I would like to get to know more. Or I'd like you to say, I am not curious. I do not want more information. And therefore, thank you for your time. I don't want to keep continuing to get to know each other. When you can empower yourself with these, you know, early relationship building principles, this is what's going to help you to get into the relationships down the line. If you don't, then what happens is that you just find yourself going on that loophole of first dates, if you're even kind of getting to those first and second dates. And that's not what we want. We want boyfriend, girlfriend energy. We want partner energy. We want you to be able to be an exclusive relationship and to figure out where your hiccups are and figure out where the communication needs to be and try someone on for a fit and let them try you on for a fit. Figure out what it feels like to be loved and adored and to love and adore somebody. These are those relationship muscles that you need to work out just like you need to work out at the gym. (sighs) Love, it's such a beautiful thing. It's also so freaking hard. She's starting to look at like, well, what connection do I feel more strongly about? And what is it that I want to do? Because at this point, one of the things that she's done in her journey is she's just been really responsive. She hasn't really asked herself, who do I like? What do I want? And what, where do I want to spend my time? And this is one of those problems that happens with this insecure attachment is that she becomes a little bit more responsive versus proactive and, you know, working on getting into the dating situations where that she wants to be in versus just responding to where her partner might want her to be. Uh, This is a really common problem. This is something that I did in dating as well, because we want to be kind, we want to be nice, and we want to give ourselves enough time to get the information that we need. And we genuinely do 
enjoy getting to know people. And so it kind of creates this space of like, suddenly I'm farther down the road with someone than maybe I want to be, and I don't know what to do about it. Um, so after the holidays uh, come about, and she's kind of faced with this, like, what what is it that I want to do? I actually need to think about what I want. Suddenly, Ted comes back into the scene, and he says, ooh, what does he say? Wouldn't you like to know? And what does Bill do? Because Bill's showing up secure. He's prepared. He's ready to date. So suddenly, Jill has these two really good, awesome men who are saying like, hey, I want to um, continue to get to know you. Do you want to continue to get to know me? And she's actually faced with making a decision about what she wants, which is hard. She has to look inside of her heart and she has to figure out what she wants to do. Tune in next episode and you can figure out what is it that Jill's going to do and what is she going to say. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Dating Counselor Podcast. I'm Lonnie Harmon and I am a licensed clinical social worker. I'm on a mission to help singles navigate the modern dating world. You can learn more about my course, Foundations for Modern Dating, at thedatingcounselor.com slash courses. You can find me on Instagram, TikTok, or Facebook at The Dating Counselor, or email me at Lonnie, L-O-N-I, at thedatingcounselor.com. You'll find a full list of everything mentioned in this episode in the show notes at thedatingcounselor.com slash podcast. If you have a friend who would enjoy this episode, I would love if you passed it along. And don't forget to follow or subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss out on any of the upcoming episodes. Thank you again for tuning in. See you soon.